Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 95.7 The Game presents... Featuring the one and only Andy Liu. Grow up. Yeah, you. Grow up. And Sam Esfandiari. So? Who are you? Why do I gotta talk to you? This is on 95.7 The Game We still got Kevin Durant on the intro, Sam? Yeah, we gotta get a new one uh, Car- He gone, Carl we got- Carl's He's making more else. mistakes again? <laughs> Carl <laughs> uh, Andy Lou, Sam Fendiari. We are back We took ooh, maybe like two months off Yeah, I mean we Basketball season hangover that is correct. Yeah, we took some time off, enjoyed the weather, you know, enjoyed the vacation, enjoyed. Sam, did you know there's a new uh, Golden State Warriors beer that just came out along with Chase Center, apparently? There's official beer? Yeah, there's a, a Golden Ale or, or something. I don't know. but Who it's makes like, it? Not a beer guy. Whiskey guy. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, yeah uh, you're a beer guy. Maybe if they had a, a Jameson sponsored by... Uh, Chase Center Arena. That'd be great. By the way, have you seen the new arena? I have. Yeah. Part of the show today. I guess I guess we'll go over the rundown real quick. Um, Chase Center Impressions, uh, they opened it up to season ticket holders and uh, some some VIP fans like Sam Isfendiari himself. Then they opened it to the media as well the following day. They've moved their operations over to San Francisco officially. So we're officially in the Chase Center era Ooh. of Warriors history. Ooh. Which is about maybe like five, ten minutes from here, from 95.7, from, from where we're at uh, in studio. So, yeah, I mean, there are – well, first off, for, for those that are listening, please call in uh, – no, no, 888-957-9570. Uh, tell us what you think. We've got – we know we're going to get a ton of people that want to get thoughts on, you know, moving the arena from Oakland to San Francisco. But – Personally, I'm excited. Uh, the arena looks amazing from the outside and the inside. Um, Sam, what do you think? Yeah, my thoughts were um, largely similar to yours. I, I think it's a beautiful arena. Um, obviously, has all the amenities. Oracle was an older arena, so it's kind of exciting to see, you know, a nicer screen for the for the TV. All the the amenities they're putting in, but I couldn't help but think. I'm just super curious what the atmosphere is going to be like. There. Yeah, they got a big old jumbotron, so I don't know if that's going to bring in more people or not. But I think the main part. Well, they got one of those TVs outside too. They got that. Uh, they bit yeah, off. Yeah, they try and uh, do the, the whole Jurassic Park yeah. thing that the yeah. Raptors did. And to be honest, uh, if it does take off the way that it looks like it will, that could be pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but the important part is kind of who shows up and how it's going to be inside. This is a season. We'll get all into the nitty-gritty. We got Bonte Hill coming up uh, after the break. We got Dieter Kurtenbach. We got Joe Shasky. 
uh, coming up at six o'clock. So we're here for three hours. So we'll get into all the uh, all the the breakdowns of how the season is going to go. Um, but very curious, kind of the type of atmosphere that you're going to get on a team that's not necessarily a finals contender, at least for this year. Um, and that could be a good thing, Sam. Like I, I was thinking about it. The best Oracle crowds came when the Warriors were essentially a lottery team. And, you know, they had the We Believe team one year. Ooh, um, I, dis- I disagree with that. The best Warriors crowds came when they were underdog good. When they were a lottery team, no one showed up. Oh, that was still fun. And when they were really fun. good, People the tickets up. got too expensive to which, you know, the person with the <laughs> deepest pockets showed up. The the person that was wearing the uh, the T-shirt over the dress shirt like I did last week, Sam? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the last couple years, I think everybody knows Oracle was not the best. You know, people were talking about Toronto's arena was great. A um, couple of the couple of the other arenas uh, were better than Oracle. Oracle has that reputation, which essentially was top, you know, top tier, like top one, top two. Um, and it kind of fell by the wayside. We don't know what Chase Center is going to be. I also feel like it has a chance to be better just because the Warriors might not be as good. They are that underdog, essentially, Sam. Uh, they're not a lottery team. I don't think we're, I don't think we're saying that they're a lottery team, but they're an underdog team uh, that might be a, a postseason contender, might not have all those same fans that have been there the last couple of years. I do think, um, to your point, the Warriors are at their best and the crowd is at their best when they're counted out. I think we sense it with the team. You hear Steph Curry, you hear Draymond Green talk about it all summer, how how excited they are that they're being written off, like it's giving them added motivation. And I think that the crowd tends to feed off of that too. Oracle, best crowd I've ever seen was during the We Believe years. Second best crowd was probably those first couple of years they made the playoffs with Steph, Clay, and Draymond, um, where the rest of the league didn't take them seriously. And they had a point to prove. The last couple of years where they were just trying to maintain everything, it felt like a lot of work to them. And I think that same energy permeated to the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people that expected a 20-point lead and when it didn't happen. A lot uh, of groaning, a lot yeah. of eye rolls instead of uh, energy to get the team behind them. Like I, I do think kind of when the team is energized, the crowd feeds off of it. Steph Curry had a Facebook show uh, this offseason. And in one of the – I was very surprised that he essentially just came out and said, everybody's counting us out. I love that. He said that multiple times and essentially was proving a point and saying, hey, if you don't want to uh, – you guys want to count us out, that's fine. We operate better that way. And that's true. I mean, it wears on you. Steph and the rest of the Warriors uh, made five consecutive NBA finals. They won three of them. By the end of the last finals, I mean, guys were hurt, but I think guys were tired. Guys were tired, not just physically, but mentally. Can you imagine playing like 100 games every single season, five years in a row? I think they're, you know, they, of course they want to be favorites. They want to be the best team in the league. But I think they're almost they're almost relishing the, the fact that, hey, there's not really any pressure on the Warriors this year. Yeah, they're relishing the fact that they've been given added <laughs> motivation. Huh? Um, to your point, they have played a full season's worth of games Whew. over the last four to five years in the postseason. Wow. When you put that into perspective, you're like, so they have played 80-plus more games than their peers. They've played 80-plus more games than James Harden, 
than Russell Westbrook, than Kawhi Leonard. I mean, they may have played 200 more games than Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> given how injured he always is. And uh, Kawhi wasn't even moving at the end of the last finals. Think about that, right? Like, he, he couldn't even make it through the last finals. All I'm going to say is there's a reason no team has gone to five straight finals since the 60s Celtics. And they did it in like an 8-12 to 12 team league. Yeah, that don't count, right? That don't count. The crazy part is, too, 80 postseason games are not the same as 80 regular season games. Entirely different ball game. And every player will tell you that. Yeah. Game plan's different. The focus is different. The energy. And all of it, right? Every game almost, I mean, you could say the 80 games almost, you can say those are probably 100. 100 I am the bully ball man. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's just straight bully ball the whole time in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, and they fought through that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a team that it is weird though because it it's it's a transition year too, and I think there's a little bit of um, Joe Lacob did a few podcasts um, on some other shows recently, and essentially uh, kind of dispelled the notion that this was a lavish arena, kind of built for, I guess, if you say rich people. He kind of wanted to spell that really quick and said, hey, we want this arena to be essentially the same as Oracle. I, I will say this. This was the one thing that stood lavish. out to me at Chase was they did not try to pack the seats in. Hmm. Whether the atmosphere is as good as peak Oracle, we will see. But I was kind of impressed by the sight lines all over the arena. I went up to the second the second tier, kind of towards the top rows. I went down in the, the lower bowl. I tried to kind of see it from as many different angles as I could. And the one thing that stood out to me was it was still a two-tiered arena where the seats were relatively close, kind of felt like Golden One in Sacramento, felt like Oracle. It did not feel like Staples Center or one of these arenas that has seven, 8,000 more seats. And subsequently by having that, all the seats are farther away. So we'll see. I, I think there is potential for it to be a great game day atmosphere. I do know the people who do go to games there will be quietly impressed by how good the view is from their seats. But whether it kind of attracts the craziness that we saw during We Believe or the 2015 run, I don't know. We're, we're, we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, I don't know. That that may be doubtful. That's tough. I mean, no nobody attracts that type of kind of atmosphere though right you're almost doing so the much of the, a disservice by and so much of that. that atmosphere was product of the fact that they hadn't been good yeah for yeah. so long it's almost like they have to take a few lumps to make the fans realize what they don't have so that they come out three times as hard i mean you and i have gone to games for the better part of a decade now and when the expectation is they get to june every year it's really hard to get excited for the first round in April. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even the first round in April. Yeah, that's what, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like yeah. when they were losing games to the Patrick Beverly led Clippers, we were rolling our eyes that they're just wasting time. Yeah. It wasn't that same energy we felt the first year they made the playoffs with Steph Curry, Denver where Nuggets. every loss felt like a gut punch because you didn't know if they would fight yeah. to play another day. Yeah. You knew last year they were gonna. They're going to beat the Clippers. They're just waste. They're just kind of fooling around and wasting everyone's time. Yeah, I mean, we still may get that. They'll probably be in between there. I mean, I, we're going to assume they'll they'll be a lower seed in the postseason. But we'll, we'll get into that. But but the point stands. Like if they lose games to a um to a good playoff team, you and I are going to have that doubt. Like they could lose in the first round. Warriors Lakers first round. Uh, they could up. lose, and when you have that doubt, that's what brings the energy. 
Uh, so we've got a great show coming up. Bonte Hill is going to be in studio here for the next hour. Uh, we're going to talk about Niners. We're going to talk about Raiders. Uh, maybe we'll do some baseball, Sam, if you're into it. The Giants are trash, so maybe I won't do it. We're about to show our range? Who knows? We're about to yeah. show them not just a basketball show? Warriors World Radio. We're going to do than, it all. More than basketball blogs? <laughs> Hashtag more than basketball. I love it. Um, all right, so... Uh, real quick, Sam, before we hit the break, over, under on the beers at Chase Center. $20 over, under. Mm. <laughs> Maybe we'll leave you, that for you the You set callers. the price good enough that I have to doubt myself. I'm not really sure. I'm going to go under. I really hope it's under. I really <laughs> don't want to have to roll up to my first game at Chase Center and go up there and see $27 <laughs> for a beer. Would not surprise me in the middle of San Francisco. Uh, call in. Uh, we'll take your calls with Bonte, 888-957-9570. Text in 95795. Or you can tweet in hashtag Warriors World Radio. Uh, we'll be right back to talk more Warriors after the break with Bonte Hill. Now back to Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. Ooh. Yeah. Sam's not feeling it. Yeah, I'm not really either. Ah, Andy Lou, Sam Spendiari, we are back. <laughs> I tried, it was Lil John at Temple last night. I, this is what I needed, right? This is what I needed. Instead, what? I got it. Little John was at Temple last yeah. night? Yeah. Doing he's all a, the, yeah! He, he's still doing that? He was still, he's a DJ now, so he was playing like party drops too. Like he had some EDM going on. Not anything like this, not the stuff that I wanted. But, <laughs> I mean, he played the same old, it was like top 40. Wow. It was like top 40. Check clear still, I guess. Yeah. Check clear is a little John. A lot of people that look like me, though, are less like you, Bonte. So. Yeah, I believe it. Temple. Yeah. yeah. Y'all took over Temple. Uh, did we? Yeah, y'all took that over. He should be, you know, should be lit. <laughs> then the any oh. loser of the world, any loser of the world just corrupted it. Oh, boy. I hear you? bad things about no, nothing. But, nothing but bad things. Nothing but great things at Temple. <laughs> Bonte, you retired. You're done. Sam, done. Sam's retired, yeah. too. He's a, he's over there on his phone like, I'm not even a part of this conversation. I can't. So washed. Know. I wouldn't know what to do in the club. Wouldn't know oh, what to do. It's It's been a good half decade since I've gone. Uh, I'd, I'd walk in, I'd be, be like, I'm I'm a decade older than all of you. I can't be here. Right. <laughs> Trying to start a conversation, and it's like, boom, boom, <laughs> boom. And it's, it's just looking like a square. Last it's time I went to the club, I had like a teacher's plaid shirt on with some like khaki jeans. Thought it was cool. See, that's the yeah. thing, Bonte, with the clubs and SF. So you don't you don't need to wear dress shirts. People get that like kind of mixed up. Is You don't want to dress nice to a club in SF. That's not how it, that's It's not New York. It's true. Know? It's not L.A. People dress like bums here, man. We used to wear, like, the white tees, Sam. Like, Mission Rock when I was, like, 21, 22. Mission Rock right here on Broadway. Like, we would go in there with a clean white tee. Coke white tee is what they call them in the hood, in the streets. Let me, let me. Might have to dump that. that. FCC (laughs) on I-1. FCC on I-1. No, the straight liquor store white tees for, like, $7. Mm -hmm. We used to literally walk, walk into the club with the white tees on. And it would just be, like, a whole bunch of dudes with white tees. I was like. It, that was the thing. Ugh. Kanye would be selling the same ones for three hundred dollars. Speaking of another another place that's going to have all white tees, uh, the Chase Center. 
Clearly, clearly going to be the atmosphere we're going to see there, right? I don't know what. <laughs> you trying to get me fired, Sam? What are you doing, man? Sam with the second. That, that was very nice. In the studio, man, I haven't seen you boys in like three months, and you're already trying to get me up about the paint, man. I don't know what the hell is going to go on to Chase. But it does look dope. I, I don't think, like, a lot of people make that comparison to Levi Stadium, and, you know, you read Ethan's piece about what the atmosphere could be like or what it's going to what type of crowd it's going to attract or what's special about it? I don't know. We'll see. Like, I haven't toured it yet just because I want to see it when it has people inside people of there. It. You yeah. know? Yeah, that was my big takeaway from it, too. It's like the whole, it's nice, but any new stadium's going to look nice. I, I think ultimately the fans determine whether it's a great arena or not. Like, right. If if this arena flops and it turns into kind of Levi's North, it's going to be because they Ugh. price out real fans. Right. It's not going to be because like they didn't put a you know like third golden hoop on the floor. <laughs> well, like well I mean, okay, so we got the TV, we got the Giants game on. They just lost to the Padres because the Giants are going to be they're, they're not. They're, there's not no chance good. of the postseason. Yeah, it's done. But that stadium is amazing. It's yep. a waterfront park. It's Probably it's a top tier date spot in the Flip city, pretty much. Flip yeah. that district. Oh, Remember yeah. that district eighteen years ago? <laughs> I mean, Nothing, I mean before Oracle. Yes. Whoa, <laughs> it's incredible. It's gorgeous, right? Great food, um, all of it. And you think about Joe Lacob, him being one of the the loudest owners in the league, and he he moves a team from Oakland to San Francisco, and you almost expect. I mean, what do you guys think? You almost expect an arena that's supposed to be. Louder than this, it's supposed to be. I don't know, prettier. more decadent. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, but I, I just don't, I don't know what you can do with basketball. You don't have the same creative freedom. Like he can't just decide he wants a bigger court. You <laughs> right, know? it's like a regulation right. size. He can't like put a mountain on the three point line. You know, for the opposing team or something like that. He doesn't have that kind of freedom. You need the statues, right? You need like statues. You need jerseys around. You need murals oh. representing the history of the team. Then you need good food spots. The food spots are going to be where it's at because people are like, oh, man, the concessions, you see what yeah. they're doing to Chase? Oh, man, like the lobster sandwich, yeah, or the I mean, crab sandwich at Oracle. It's like two 80, bites. $80 worth it. You get it. two bites and it's worth it, right? Spend about 60 bucks, you get like four bites and a crab sandwich and you love it. Or the garlic fries, yeah, yeah. Gear ice cream. So Chase needs something like that. Plus, I think the uh, the plaza area with the big screen, that's going to be a hit. Like, youngsters who just are right in the train by the Warriors Arena. And I, you know how it was being young here in the city. You take the bus somewhere. You're trying to holler at chicks. Or chicks are trying to be seen. Or you're trying to get in. That plaza area, I think, has some big-time potential to really make Chase Center lit. Like, as the youngsters say. Like, it, it could be live out there. Yeah, to me, like, the the big thing that makes AT, I'm sorry, Oracle Park. It's going to take me, like, five years to get Oracle used Park, to being Oracle Park. The the big thing that makes that a good game day atmosphere, whether the team's good or bad, is all the stuff you can do pre and post game. Like people make a day out of it. People who want to go who go to a game, they're like, Oh, let's go three hours earlier, let's go to yep. these bars, yep. let's go to these restaurants. It's true. And that's gonna be the Warriors' best chance at Chase really taking off. If people can get there earlier, if there's some spots around there that people want to yep. go to, have a few cocktails. Yep. Enter the game in a good mood. I mean, it's all about your your energy level when you enter in. Yep. No, that's that's true, and that's something that Levi Stadium, Sam, does not have. Like Chase is going to have does that, right? Levi's you, have. I mean, it has 
I mean, what the, does it help? I mean, the Hyatt. Spacious, our spacious concourses. The, yeah, spacious concourses and our good friends at the Hyatt across the street where the bar is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they serve good. I've never been. Yeah, I mean, I but that's, they, uh, that's what you have. Like, if you don't, if you want to go get a drink, you're going to have to drive somewhere like Casino yeah. Matrix or something. You're going to wow. have to drive 20 minutes away from Levi's. Wow. And that's the one thing Chase and Oracle has, which I wish folks in Oakland would yeah, figure Oracle out. Yeah, didn't have that. Yeah. Right, it didn't have yeah. that. Like, yeah. you can have it. Over there by Hagenberger or the Bart Station, where build it up. And that's the great thing about Oracle Park, and that's going to be the great thing about Chase's. You're going to have something to do afterwards. Yeah. I mean, we got somebody from the text line. You won't get louder moving from Oakland to SF. Are you serious? I mean, Sam, you you got some thoughts on that. I don't know. I I mean, but I thought your point with being louder was more like you expected the arena to be like almost gaudy. Like you're expecting, Mm -hmm. like, because the way Joe Lacob talks, you're expecting to see something you'd never seen before. And. I just don't know that that's possible with yeah. basketball. I mean, I needed – yeah, I mean, you said – Ponte said something about Miros. They do have, you know, a lot of Steph pictures. They got the, the Hamptons, five Hamptons 5 up right. there. They've got some cool things. But uh, for a guy like Joe Lacob, I expected I, – I don't know. I, I really I mean, don't. Maybe said, a statue of himself in the court? I don't know. <laughs> Why not? Not yet. Not yet. Not Wait 50, a couple years 50 for that. 50-foot lake of gold statue, <laughs> arms crossed, just looking upset at the players. <laughs> That's coming soon. I give it uh, over under 20 years. <laughs> Joe Lacob has a statue up there at Chase. Uh, no, you're right. Like I, I mean, after you saw the Dante Cranes when they put the oh, shovel boy. in the dirt, oh boy, you're like, oh, man. They got the dancing cranes, the fireworks. Like, what's really going on at Chase? So, I, as Sam said, I don't know what you could do with a basketball yep. arena that we haven't seen before. Like, it has to be the entertainment in-game, right? Yep. I mean, it, it also wasn't necessarily the piece of land that they wanted, right? Yeah, it was true. it was the second option or third mm-hmm. option even. I think they wanted it at Pier, Pier 32. Yeah, yeah, 32. Yep. So, it wasn't the first option for where they wanted to build that arena. I'm sure maybe if it was there, it would have been – I actually like the location they built at, but basically Pier 32 would have been Mm -hmm. right north of Oracle Park, and Mm -hmm. now they're just south of it. It's all the same neighborhood. You're talking about them being, you know, five minutes north of it versus Mm -hmm. five minutes south of it. I mean, we'll we'll see. Um, We went into, so we'll pivot a little bit. Um, By the way, uh, Andy Liu, Samus Fendiari, we got Bonte Hill in here. We are... Not just doing Warriors today, Bonte. We're gonna, Uh-oh. we're gonna get it. Yeah, we're gonna get in some Niners. Some we're, Niners. Yeah, oh. we're gonna oh. get. Should we do that now? <laughs> what about Antonio Brown Ooh, working out in his game pants in the backyard? Poor Sam. <laughs> four quarterbacks, Sam. Four quarterbacks. We're gonna have six by week one. I'm feeling really good about the Raiders. It's gonna be 52 quarterbacks and AB by opening day. That's the goal. Oh, Antonio Brown, man. That's one athlete I do follow on IG just because he's like, he's. I'll get a little out of pocket on right. it. Sometimes he's definitely he does. worth the follow. Right. Because... He's worth the follow. Like, he's working out in the backyard, fellas, with his game pants on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a grown ass man, bro. <laughs> oh, Raiders. We, but... <laughs> yeah, I want to get into Niner stuff, but actually, I got to start with this. Let's, let's start on the Raiders here. Over under, how many weeks until AB. <laughs> has a comment about how dissatisfied with Derek Carr he is. Ooh. Given that John Gruden, and you can take this one out, but I want to context that a little bit. John Gruden has already said that he wants Derek Carr to throw downfield more. The season <laughs> has not started. The season has not no. started, and he's already said that. Captain Checkdown. I mean, Alec, Alec Smith, right? right? Derek, Alex Smith Carr. Right. He's got nothing on Alex Smith, right? That's why Josh Jacobs is a popular pick for me in fantasy football. Why is he All on hard knocks? Check- I don't think he likes sp- the media. I don't know why. That was weird, right? Some yeah. of the guys weren't like uh, Cleveland Fur- Furl. 
Yeah. He wasn't on Hard Knocks after the first episode when he went horseback riding. I don't know. Hard Knocks was a little weird. Hopefully, yeah. it's uh, it's such a dis- it's such a disappointing it season is. because yeah. of how many characters they have on it. Like, right. You got AB. I mean, they're yeah. trying to pretend the AB stuff isn't happening. Yeah. yeah. I'm watching this. I'm like, this this isn't really jiving with what I'm seeing no. on the news every 30 minutes. <laughs> no, I I need more Mike Mayock. Like there hasn't been enough Mike Mayock. Right. Especially after that gangster press conference he held. It's like, you're the in or you're out. And AB's there on the junk machine the next day. But I will give it, Sam, I will give it six weeks. Six weeks before AB says something like, yeah, you know, I'm getting open. And, you know, maybe the quarterback's just not seeing it. (laughs) And then it's Nate Peterman time. (laughs) You sure it's not going to be Kaiser? I don't know. I feel like it'll be a a fifth mystery quarterback to pick up in the next two weeks. Brandon Wheaton. He'll be a Raider to show. Brandon Whedon, you are throwing out some man. Gruden likes that. I don't. Mike Glennon. He's, he's searching. He's he spent twenty years searching for the next Rich Gannon. It's like because Rich Gannon was a backup who turned right. into being a really good starter. That's true. And he's just trying to find that. You know the Bruce Gradkowski's who was at Chris Sims. Just oh man, nonstop. Chris Sims, poor guy. Could re could remember to play. That was like Andy Lou on a Sunday, right? <sighs> Come on, come mom's on coming downstairs checking yeah. Andy. <laughs> so, you guys excited about the Niners, man? Like seriously, I I am excited about the Niners. I'm less optimistic. I think I think Niners fans are very optimistic. I think Raiders fans are, are kind of less optimistic, just as a whole. Um, I think Niners fans think they're going to win ten games. Yeah, uh, which I don't. I do not see. I Unless don't you see tell it me. You tell me Bosa and D Ford play sixteen games right. at like you know eighty to ninety percent health. Yeah, I'll, I'll roll with that. I'll tell you. Yeah, ten games. Trust but, the quarterback. I was talking to Sam about this last week. Jimmy G is almost the definition of high risk and high reward. Yeah, him and Carr yep. are complete opposites. Yes, one guy right. is afraid to make a throw. The other guy. <laughs> Does not see a throw. Right. He, doesn't, yep. he doesn't want to <laughs> yep. take. But he can, he can make that throw. Right. He can make thing. it. He can sling it. He yeah. can sling it downfield, and he'll make the plays where you just like, throw it away, dude. Throw it away. Oh, man, what a dime. Yeah. But you're going to get four to five throws a game where it's just like, ooh, that should have been picked. Mm-hmm. Or, ooh, that's a bad throw. That was intercepted. Pick six. When they had that 5-0 run, man, it was almost two years ago now, um, when he tore apart Jacksonville, he had games where – that was probably the last time I watched the Niners. <laughs> um, but he had games where he would he would have a couple yeah. interceptions. I mean, he would have a couple throws that should have been interceptions yep. every game. Yep. And it would just you know either be dropped or something would happen or get batted down, whatever it is. Um, but he's that type of player. It's like when Steph Curry uh, throws that behind the back pass or he throws that like over the head in the you know when he's yeah, well, on let's the see Jimmy roll. complete those deep balls at the same rate Steph completes right. Um, Completes his right. shots Steph before is we an make elite. that comp. Steph, right. Steph is an MVP player, right? right? He, he's one right. of the best uh, in the league in all time. But Jimmy G, Jimmy G has that type of kind of bravado, and um, I don't know if that if that works when you're that rusty. You haven't played football in almost two years. You can't be doing stuff like that. But no, you can't. They're going to need to run the ball right like right off the bat. It's got to be a lot of Coleman and Brita. Let Garoppolo throw about thirty times a game max. I say twenty five to thirty is perfect for him. Run the football. Put him in situations to where. You know, he doesn't need to complete third and tens and third and twelves. He could get you those third and threes, those third and fours. You gotta manage the game early on with Jimmy G until he gets that confidence back. Then he's gotta figure out who the top receiver's gonna be. Like, is it gonna be Debo oh Samuel? Is it gonna be oh Pettis? Gonna be Goodwin? I mean, outside of George Kittle, I don't know. You ever uh, seen someone call someone soft that often though? Dante Pettis oh is getting my. ripped by second his coach. Second year. Second year. And he's getting called soft. 
Guys Ooh. in Denver called him soft. Ooh. Like he he looks soft on punt returns. Yeah. Like and he broke an NCAA record. Yeah, he shook. Like where's the swag at, he shook. man? He's he shook. lightweight shook, and that's yeah. why I like Debo. Debo's not shook. He's got that dog in him. All right, so Vegas has the Niners at eight wins. So I think I think we all agree if they exceed that, it's a good year. Whether it's nine wins or eleven wins, anything above eight's going to be considered yeah. successful, right? It's funny, man. You bring that up, Sam. Earlier this week when I was with Steiny and Goo, of course you can listen to the two, shameless plug. But I brought up something in the first segment. It was like, 8-8's eight eight's not acceptable for the 49ers. And maybe it's because I'm a little older and I was spoiled by the win, right. by the glory days of Bill Walsh and George Seifert and Montana's and Steve Young's and Rice's and all that. But I said 8-8's eight eight's unacceptable because you just look around in the market, right? The Giants are down. We don't know what's going to happen with the Warriors next season. The A's look like a team that's going to make the playoffs and get bounced very early because of the bullpen and the starting rotation. Oh, Sam doesn't like that. Yeah, it's, so oh, it's, it's a fact, though. <laughs> you saw today, like Lou Trevino and Hendricks. It's, you know exactly how right. they're going to go out. We, we, can, we can see it right now. They, <laughs> Writing's on the wall. three. <laughs> Writing's on the wall for the Oakland A's. But the Niners have a chance to, like, reclaim some territory here in the Bay Area because they've been able to – They've been able to fly under the radar with all these losing seasons because the Warriors have been winning, because the Giants have been winning World Series and making the playoffs. And so is the A's and the Sharks, for that matter, going to the Stanley Cup Finals and making a run at the Western Conference Finals in in the NHL. So looking at the Niners, man, it's almost like, all right, it's your turn now. Like, if you go from four wins to eight wins and you don't make the playoffs, I'm still like, eight-eight's average. You still don't know where you're going to go next year because you could have got that eight and eight on a complete fluke, yeah. like they did a couple of years ago, going six and ten and winning their last five. Like you got it. I feel like Jed, who talks a big game, and we know how they, you know, five playoff appearances in twenty years under Jed York and and the York ownership. But you almost feel like if they don't make the playoffs, York is going to want to make some changes, or leaks are going to start happening. Lynch is gone. Like, hey, Lynch, Lynch does, is gone, dude. After Jerick McKinnon and oh yeah, I mean oh. Solomon, Solomon Thomas. Solomon and, Thomas. Hey, listen, Solomon Thomas went through a lot. Yeah, he did. All, hopefully, yep. he's going to be a very good football player. But some of these guys that there's Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith, right? who you gave, what, $26 million to? Boy. <laughs> Jerick McKinnon, as we just mentioned. Richburg. They got to win nine games. Let, let's unpack this, though. What, what, what needs to happen for them to actually win nine or ten games? I think they got to start off hot, man. You got to start off and win those winnable games. The schedule is not. Cincinnati. Yep. Yep. Because December, you look at the December schedule, I believe it's they're at either at Baltimore or New Orleans or you flip-flop that, but they're back-to-back road games against Baltimore and New Orleans. Then they have, like, the Rams. They have the Seahawks. They have the Falcons yeah. at home. Yep. They have the Packers, I think, before December. Like, those last six, seven games are brutal for the Niners, so – you want to see them get off to a hot start and at least win at Tampa, win at Cincinnati, and you come back for the home opener against Pittsburgh where we've seen Pittsburgh in the past kind of lay those duds on the road where they're good for a couple losses on the road. We're like, well, why is Pittsburgh losing that game? So getting off to a hot start, I think, is imperative for the 49ers to have a great year Yeah, because down the stretch is just ugh, yeah, it's look, rough. Looking at the schedule now, the Bucks, the Bengals, the Steelers, the Browns, um, you know, you got to win. You got to go two and two at least, at least, at least, right? And then you got the Rams uh, on the road, and then the Redskins. Oh, come on, that's got to be a win, right? And then the Cardinals. But I think more importantly, though, is they need the uh, Parag is his name, Parag Marate. They, they <laughs> the Niners. I think they like to fashion themselves as a team that uh, understands or maneuvers the salary cap much smarter than other teams. End of the day, though, you got to have good players. And some of these guys that they're signing, they're getting with these quote-unquote great contracts, 
because they can't play football. No. They cannot stay on the field. And D Ford hasn't practiced yet, right? And they gave him that contract. Um, Jeremy McKinnon, he's probably done for his career. So yeah. it's it's a team that they need good players. And at a certain point, I think, like you said, if they win seven games, Man. They, the, John Lynch is John gone. John Lynch is gone. Yeah. And then you got to figure out the quarterback situation, and. Andy and Sam, like it, they can move off of Garoppolo, which I think, which is you yeah. don't want to do. You want to have a quarterback you could build around, and all of a sudden, if you got to move off from Garoppolo, now you're drafting again. You telling me you want the guy from Oregon, Justin Herbert? I didn't see that guy throw a pass more than five yards in the whole second. Like all these dink and dunk guys in college, I don't want them. Yeah. I don't want them. Tua, I'm, Tua's my guy. Tua's always, yeah. but I I worry about Tua a little bit in that frame. And yeah. is he going to get Kyler hurt? Murray. Yeah, yeah, Kyler Murray. Like I don't know, but. You're right. Like it's going to be Lynch who gets axed if the 49ers yeah. win seven games because of all the moves. Like, and they almost have to pay these guys or overpay some of these guys because yeah. one, they're not a good football team. The organization has shown weaknesses in terms of leaks and in talking to the press and undermining people. So you got to overpay for guys who are also coming off of injuries, like Quan Alexander. Dude led the league in missed tackles over the last two years. I know he's an active. You know he's around the football, but. He's coming off an ACL injury. You telling me there's not going to be a flare up at some point this season? So, I mean, you look at all the moves, and as you mentioned, Solomon Thomas in the draft that had nothing but home run hitters. You can't miss yeah, there. Yeah, you, yeah, you draft yeah. a D tackle or DN at that high, they have to be Warren Sapp. They well, have to be Reggie White. They have to be all time greats. I mean, we, and let's talk about Kyle Shanahan. So he's keeping three quarterbacks, just <laughs> like just like Sam's guy, John Gruden. Now I we, mean. Re- Gruden's keeping four. He's right, keeping right, four, right. baby. That's but, next I mean, level. Three, three, I think, is already too much. I mean, they're only keeping Bethard because he's a third-round pick, right? And Shannon, that's he Shannon. loves him. Yeah. He loves him. I mean, that's an ego thing. And we talk about John Gruden. I mean, he's got I – mean, that guy has a 10-year contract. Right. We talk about ego. Um, but do we think Kyle Shanahan's even a good coach? Like, that's the other thing as well. I mean, John Lynch, yeah, I mean, he's going to be gone if they I lose. I mean, the history of the NFL is littered with great coordinators who were average to subpar yeah. coaches. And I do think we probably start ha- have to ask the question, uh, is that where Kyle Shanahan's going? Is he like the next Norv Turner? All-time great coordinator. Man, great comparison. Three yeah. times been a head coach. Each time was mediocre at best. No, there's been a lot of those guys. And Norv Turner is like number one. Great coordinator for those Cowboy teams. You know, great coordinator. And then you, you see him take the Chargers job. Or heck, he was a coordinator for the Niners yeah. when Gore ran for almost 1,700. Great he takes the Charger, yeah. Chargers job. And it's like... Low Neil here, ninety five seventy eight just said <laughs> he was just like, Man, North just wasn't a leader of men. Like we like North, like really, this guy's gonna get in front of a room and try to motivate us. Yeah. Like they just basically got to where they got to because of talent. Yeah. So I hear all these comparisons with Kyle and Sean McVay and Colin Cowher was like, Shanahan's the next Belichick. Like he's already a better coach than McVay. And I'm just like well, dog. Yeah, like I mean, I mean you're ten to twenty two. Let's Let's pull up the brakes a bit. I mean, he might be good, but you can't stand up. You talk about leader to men. You can't stand up, you know, in a in a room full of full of people that are essentially putting their, I mean, careers, life, even right. sometimes on the line, and say, "We're going to keep C.J. Beathard." That's what I keep going back to. You can't do that. You can't stand up there, and it's unless your name is, you know, Belichick. You could do whatever you want. People are going to respect you. But well, Belichick has six rings. Exactly. Once, right. You, you exactly. got to have the results. People exactly. will go with you, yep. even if they don't agree with you. If yep. you have the track record. At what point does he start losing the room if they don't yep. start getting wins? Wow, yep. you, you think this is the year because you could play that, hey, we lost five straight games by three points or less, and we had all these injuries. Well, this year there's no excuse with the injuries. There's no excuse with losing close games. It's 
you got to do it. That's the bottom line. You're on a six-year deal. This is year three. This is the time to basically turn it up and take that next step. Because last year, what did everybody say? Oh, Niners, are they were a trendy wildcard pick, a trendy team to win 10 games. And then they say, oh, well, we lost a quarterback in week three. Well, if you were expecting to win 10 games last year, and I think this team is more talented in 2019, oh, yeah. then you have to almost win 10 games. That's yeah. why I say 8-8 eight and eight is absolutely unacceptable for the 49ers. Yeah, 8-8 eight and eight is like, what are we, Texans? Like, right. are we, uh, we're like the Atlanta Hawks, 41-41 yeah. in the yeah. NBA. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you're a low 17, but you're going to get bounced in the first round, miss out on the lottery lottery pick, and yeah. be average again. They need, they need to show up. They've, got, they've spent a lot of money. They've got a lot of talent, and they've got too many draft picks that are high picks. But, all right, we'll, uh, we'll go to break. We've, it's Andy Liu. It's Samus Fendiari, Warriors World Radio. We've got Bonte Hill in studio. We'll talk about the Warriors again, uh, what Kerr is going to do about the offense, and we're also going to go over the worst trades in Bay Area sports history after the break. Warriors World Radio continues on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Espandiari. Turn your mic. You've been on vacation, Andy? Ugh. Producer Wes is crushing it. This is this is what I need. You know, sometimes you get some producers that play some other stuff, but he knows when I walk in the door. He knows what I want. No, Wes got the beats. Chemistry. Wes brings it. Yeah. Been out for two months, come back. It's like nothing has changed. Sam was saying during the break, it's like riding a, riding Wait, a bicycle, you, you know. You guys been out two months? Yeah, we've been out for a while. Hell, you been doing? Enjoying, enjoying the sun. Well, I, I see. I follow you on IG. You don't need to say what is Sam been doing, man. I know what Andy's been doing. Andy's been getting like three hours of sleep a night. It's bad. Just hanging out. Just <laughs> taking a little break after the NBA season. Decom- you listen to Warriors World Radio. <laughs> Decompressing after a rough finals. Sam, Sam hey, that was a, that was a stressful playoff run. There's no way around that. From basically the moment KD got hurt, every game felt man. like a, felt like a month. They, Man, know. those finals felt like two months, right? I look even back Toronto at it, was I thought it was like a year ago. I was just like, I almost didn't even remember who won the championship. Do you think Raptors fans even like? I mean, I think the right? whole league already forgot because right. Kawhi just left town <laughs> yeah. immediately. Kind of forgot in a week, right? Yeah. Well, didn't their draft happen right after the finals? Like yeah. the finals happened. Raptors mm-hmm. went on what a Thursday or Friday night, and then the draft is next the next Thursday. Yeah. It's like yeah. we're already fast forwarding to the next season. It's done. Yeah, and Kawhi's god. Hey, Producer Wes, we got a question from the 408. What song was that? I don't know what that was. Ali Ali Boumaye. Wow, okay. Okay, Ali. We got people listening. It's uh, Sunday on a a Labor Day weekend. Looks like we got people paying attention out there. Wake them up. You know, you can call in 888-957-9570. Before we went to break, we were talking about the Niners and the Raiders. We'll get back to Bay Area um, sports. But as Sam just segued us to, let's talk about the Warriors because it is Warriors World Radio. Um, All right. So next season, let's get into a little preview of next season. Uh, Training camp starts soon. Uh, Regular season. Three weeks. Three weeks. Wow. Three weeks. I just don't remember the last two months what happened, Fonte. It just was wild, man. <laughs> injuries, injuries, and injuries. Yeah. Yeah. And then drama, drama, 
drama and KD going down in five, and it was yeah. whoa. It's like a Bachelor's in Paradise. In the, in Boogie the was a warrior. Yeah. yeah, Boogie was a warrior. Remember that? Yeah. Ooh, Boogie boy. Ooh, you want a rough about. couple months Ooh. for him? Yeah, I mean rough, rough Ooh. couple years Ooh. for Boogie. I mean, you go from you about to get a super bad to get too. arrested. I mean, now you're making three point five, and that three point five you're going to need for probably legal fees or something. Yeah. Man. It's, <laughs> It's rough for Boogie. Yeah, we're staying away from that one. Um, (laughs) uh, Steve Kerr and what he's going to do with the Warriors. I think a lot of the quotes this offseason has been around D'Angelo Russell uh, and how he feels about playing with Steph Curry and the rest of the team, but also on the other side, how Steve Kerr feels about transforming the offense because he's already put it in writing and said it in interviews that he's going to change the offense for Willie Cauley-Stein. That's crazy. Do you want to do it for Steph? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Steve Kerr does. He set, he set me up, Andy, man. It's, I it's try. Andy's fault, man. I try. I, try. I just feel like it's going to be interesting because the last few years, I feel like he's been coaching the X's and O's on autopilot <laughs> and dealing mostly with, with uh, ego management, shall we say. A lot more kind of massaging people's egos and you know dealing oh, with the boy. personality conflict now we're back to basketball now it's a question of how can how can i make all these players fit together oh sam you dirty dog man. <laughs> I know it's no I'm, I'm i'm really intrigued man like to see kerr actually coach some guys and he's gonna have to get up off that bitch and really do some coaching as you said he was on cruise control heck over the last three seasons basically um when it came down to doing some real coaching all he had to do was all right, KD or Steph, one three pick and roll that we all begged for, which we rarely got, or, or just moving Steph off the ball. I don't know what the hell. At times, Steve Curry just looks like, I, I can't call it, man. Like, they're just out there running and playing pickup. And Curry's cool with that. Now we get to see him draw up some plays, and obviously we'll see more PNRs with D'Angelo Russell, but I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for this season, though. Like, I'm hyped for this because I do think with the core, you see Clay Thompson out there living. I think he'll be back. Oh, he's living. At some point. After Is he even hurt? Yeah, I don't know. I'm seeing all all this stuff. I'm like, you know, he might be able to make the opener at this rate. <laughs> right. <laughs> he just shows up to training camp. He's right. playing one. He's he's locking up D'Angelo in scrimmages Dude. on on one leg. Uh, now he's living. Looks like he's. Somebody said he was engaged to. Uh, was that Lori Laura Harry? Yeah, girl from Spider Man. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's engaged, but he he's certainly uh, living there holding the, hands. Yeah, it's, it's, living the blissful life. Uh, like very a very blissful couple right now. Yeah, <laughs> very very happy. Keeping it to one girl. Shout out to Clay Thompson. Good, good for That's him. That's a good thing. Yeah, shout out to him. Um, I, so the last time Steve Kerr, <clears throat> I don't want to say actually had to coach, but the last time Steve Kerr had to transform. Uh, the schemes both offensively and defensively was when he f- it was the first season uh, coaching the Warriors. He uh, benched Andre Iguodala. Uh, David Lee got hurt, started Draymond Green, um, and essentially just transformed the NBA, and they became the best offensive de- and defensive team. And he put in a motion offense that I don't think Mark Jackson had any idea uh, <laughs> what was going on. So that team went, won the championship, recruited Kevin Durant, uh, made another finals, and and you know the rest is history. Uh, that's the last time he's had to kind of do something like that. Uh, we get that now, so yeah. I am very interested to see what Steve Kerr has in store because if he's going to change the way his philosophy is, I think that's a good thing. I do too. But if not, we got some ego problems like Kyle Shanahan and John Gruden, our favorite other Bay Area coaches. I don't know. Yeah, do you I'm think he's there. actually going to change the offense, or is he going to be like all you millennials? 
and just yell at them to keep running back screens for each other the whole time. Imagine Steph Curry running back screens for Willie Cully Stein all season. Twitter I would d- explode. I do think we're going to see a lot more Steph screening for D'Angelo Russell than the other way around. Yeah, and I think uh, Steph's really good at screen setting. I mean, he's too good at it. He needs to, he needs to take a note from the other superstars in the league and act like he's too confused to know how to do it, <laughs> or too good. I mean, even like Steph Curry playing defense, it's right. he's too good at trying to play defense. Look, James Harden and Russell Westbrook don't play defense. No, they it's don't because they're too cool to play. And defense. They don't win don't. championships either. Fair. No, fair. They won't be playing no defense in Houston. Poor Eric Gordon got that money, man. But he's going to be one. He's going to want to get traded by. By the All Star, he's going to be. He like, made, he made sure to here. get paid out because right. he's about to have to guard three guys. Right. He's <laughs> over under for the Warriors win total. It's been around. It's been hovering around forty seven and a half, forty eight and a half. Almost think they can win fifty if everything goes right. Where do you guys see the Warriors? I, I'm low on the Warriors. Low? Uh, I'm low on the Warriors because I mean, as much as we joke about Clay Thompson, don't think he's coming back. Even if he does does come back, they have to reintegrate him with D'Angelo and the rest of the team. I think they're under forty seven. Uh, I think maybe an eight seed. I just don't think this team has any defense on the team. They got Looney. They got Draymond. They lost a bunch of people, obviously. Right. Don't think D'Lo or Steph can. They're like guys that you can play on defense if they're their fourth or fifth guy. Right. Right. I don't think they have defense. Offense, uh, I just, they don't have enough. I think you're holding them to the 2017 standards where, you know, you saw a team that could win any night versus anyone else. I don't think they're as bad as you think they are, Andy. Like, we saw Portland win 52 games last year. you telling me this roster is worse than Portland? I think Steph and Draymond are better than anything Portland has, but look at the depth of this team, though. Did Portland have any season. depth last year? They had good players. I mean, they had Nurkic that played the whole season. That's in itself they better than half the season. Yeah. I mean, Zach Collins. Zach, oh, Enos, Enos Cantor. Enos Cantor. Even. But, I mean, those are regular season players, right? I, I don't think so the Warriors. So, Enos Cantor is the difference between the Warriors making the play, or being a 50-win team and not making the playoffs? Well, he they, they have depth players that I don't think the Warriors have. Even, even Seth Curry would be better than anybody the Warriors have on the bench, right? I, like, who who are we going to watch? Like, let's say Steph or Draymond, they're, they're not going to play 82. Let's say they play 72, right? Okay. Um, but... So pretty close, but still like eight to ten games. Gonna assume play. that they're relatively healthy. I just don't think they have enough talented players, like enough NBA players on the team. Uh, you look down the roster. I mean, Alec Burks is that who we're relying on, right? Jordan Poole is he worse than Seth Curry? Absolutely. I'm intrigued with Alec Absolutely. Burks. Absolutely, I'm intrigued with him. Seth can play. Come on, Seth is smart. Yeah, he's, he's a shooter. He's a shooter. That's he can handle the ball a little yeah. bit. Um, I just, I don't, I, yeah, maybe I'm underrating the rest of the roster, but I look at it, it's a heat check roster to me. Like, no, these I, are I agree guys with that, you. It's it's a lot of Glenn young Robinson. names who, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. My, Myers <laughs> and Curry are either going to look like geniuses or we're going to have some some questions next offseason. Yeah. yeah, I'm intrigued with Draymond being under contract. He's going to be barking. I think he'll come in shape. He'll just be like, look, man, everybody's counting us out. He'll play that chip on his shoulder. Steph is going to be Steph. What are you going to get from Willie Kelly Stein, man? Like, he thought he was going to get chipped out coming uh, coming from Sacramento this offseason, and he didn't. Now he's on a prove it deal. D Low is fascinating to me because it's like, whoa, D. Like, that's the last guy I thought would be on the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, it's really weird. If you told me two years ago 
D'Angelo Russell would be on the Warriors. Be Henry Chase, I'd be like, what <laughs> went wrong? You know? Come on, man. Like, D'Lo's a wild card, man. Like, did he really mature in Brooklyn? Like, he's wh- a better player for sure. But didn't, um, didn't how good sure. a player he is is a different question, right? Yeah, keep him away from Clay, huh? Um, <laughs> but, okay, so let's talk about D'Angelo for a second and the upside of what he can bring. Uh, ooh, you're listening to the 95. 95- Seven the game, KGMZ FM and an HD one San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. Wow, look at you guys reading legals. We're vets, Ponte. Come reading on legals out here now. Come okay, resetting. Yeah. What? That, that Sam, okay. he just went right into it. And I was like, Ugh. I was ready for it. Carl didn't even need to text us. Actually, he did like three times. <laughs> but hey, no big deal. <laughs> um, where were we? Uh, D'Angelo Russell. I, I, again, Sam is higher on him than I am. Uh, I think he's a player that uh, just there's not much upside in terms of uh, can he be someone that's more than just kind of a stats guy, right? 20 points, but what does it take to get 20 points? The efficiency, yeah. Right. Do you play defense? Do you try to play defense? Or do you try to play team defense if you don't have the talent necessary to play defense? I have a lot of those questions. He's still young. I think he's like 24, right? He's 23. 23 even. So he has that upside, but... uh, (sighs) He's not a winning player, at least yet, to me, and maybe Steph gets him there. Maybe so the Warriors my, my question there. for you, he was the best player on a playoff team last year, and it was in the East. In the East. And he wouldn't have made an all-star team if he was in the West. Correct. We, we all know that. And he was an all-star replacement, so it's not like he was a... So it was like bottom of the barrel. Right. Yeah, I mean, he was closer to the 25th best player than the first best player. Right. Um, but my question for you is, do you think he's a better player than C.J. McCollum? No, not right now. Does he have the the upside to be a better player than CJ McCollum? Yeah, I, I, yeah, of course, because he's because he's young. But I don't can, think he's can, a better. Can he, can he buy in defensively? Because I'm not worried well, about him offensively. Doesn't play defense. I though. think he'll with Steph Curry the gravity of Steph Curry, where everybody's going to be doubling him. D'Lo's going to see a lot of one on one against weaker defenders, where he could just take him off the dribble, hit his little floater. You don't want to settle settling for bad threes, but he could shoot that three and he can handle the rock, man. I think that's. Which really underrated about D'Lo is his point guard ability to at least handle the rock. You know, I'm not saying run a club, but he can handle the rock. He's a great. And I think passer. those great dude. He's, he's really passer. good when it comes. I remember him at Ohio State when I was like, "Whoa, who is this dude?" Mm-hmm. Like dropping dimes mm-hmm. and bounce passes, everything. So he will have it easier because Steph Curry's right there. And so can he have that impact outside of the box score where you say, "Okay, he averaged 21 and seven, but what did he shoot? 40 percent? You know, three point percentage was under 40 at times. Yeah. So I think he'll be better. I but CJ McCollum, he's not there yet. No. But man, if he can get to, close to that, one thing I'll say: guess what CJ averaged when he was twenty three. I'm guessing under fifteen. Six point eight points per game. <laughs> yep. Um, and he he's a late bloomer player. Like it, it's not like there's some sort of like well, since he averaged yeah, that yeah. and D'Lo averaged twenty one, that means D'Lo is going to be three times as good as him or anything like that. But my point is. I think sometimes it's easier to look at what D'Angelo Russell can't do instead of look at what he's already proven he can do at 23. He's playing next to the best teammate he's ever played with, Steph Curry. Steph Curry is better than anyone he had in the Lakers or the Nets. Why can't he take another step? Why can't he be a better player than he was? I, th- I think you guys are both looking at him and comparing him to like Kevin Durant and like, okay, he's never going to be as good he as won't Katie. Be that. Yeah, but it's and so it's just like lowering your expectations from title or bust. It's kind of weird. Usually, when teams lose guys like that, they're just awful. They don't just fall back to like 
a normal playoff team. I do like um, I do like Warriors management for that particular move. Um, I think they they didn't have to do it. They couldn't have ran it back. I think Iguodala would have been fine playing on the team on the Warriors again. Um, they probably win less games in the regular season, but I think they had to make that move because you got to shake things up. You got to find uh, some type of upside. You know the upside with the team uh, of what they have without KD. We don't know what's going to happen here with D'Angelo Russell. And if they do end up trading him, um, you get some type of value back. I think they had to do it. Now they gave up a couple first rounders. That's fine. Right. I think Joe Lacob said it. It might have even been on your show, Vontae, or somewhere in the last week where he basically said, you know, we love Iguodala, but he's 35 turning 36. Right. At some point, he's going to retire. And, I mean, it was hard trading him because of everything he's meant to the team. Yep. But it was the right move. Oh, no doubt. And to me, it almost reminded me of, like, those 80s Niners where they would cut bait with a guy maybe one year earlier and the fans wouldn't be happy about it, but you knew ultimately Patriots, it was the right, right move. Yep. Yeah, Patriots do that Patriots. all the time. Bill Walsh did it all the time with those great 49er teams. Hell, he cut Dwight Clark. He told him, and Dwight's like, man, I'm still playing at a pretty good level. And Bill's like, I got to look ahead. I got to look towards the future. You got to make a move a year ahead of time. And that's what the Iguodala move was. When you're going to open up a new building and you have no Kevin Durant, no Livingston, and Clay Thompson's going to be out for half the season at least. Uh, Iguodala wasn't going to give you 30, 35 minutes a game. He wasn't going to give you what he gave you in the NBA Finals when Never. he's hitting jumpers over Kawhi in Game insane. 6. Yeah. That was insane. Yeah. Iguodala's not going to do that. And I, and I think we forget. I mean, he was struggling to stay healthy in the playoffs when it mattered two years in a row. I mean, he didn't play half the Portland series. Yeah. Nope. He missed. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, they almost lost to Houston because he got hurt the year before. Yep. Now you're going to depend on him to play 30 minutes a night for 82? Like, that's yeah. not happening. No. 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 And And – it might not be the right move in the end, but I think it is the right process um, yep. at the end of the day right now. So uh, I also think Andre will be back. <laughs> he, not, maybe year? not this year. Maybe not this year, but he'll be back. He's not retiring after this year. All right. We actually have a caller on Labor Day weekend Whoa. Sunday. I wish I had your soundboard. Give you a nice little applause you got, here. You got one, Sam, for you us? got an applause for us you got, over yeah, here? You got I'm not ready. Just uh, all right, let's, all right. go to, uh, let's go to Rich in Los Altos. He, wants, he thinks D'Angelo has upside. Uh, Rich, okay, how you doing? T-Mobile no- has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.